Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I'm Kylie Camps, and welcome to the podcast. This space is dedicated entirely to making a difference in the lives of women. I believe we all have a right and a responsibility to truly live our best lives. It all begins with curiosity, changing our thinking and cultivating more self-love. Through thoughtful conversations and shared experiences, I really hope that you can take something away from this podcast. I'm a business owner, a speaker, a sleep consultant and mum of twin boys. I've also recently completed some training in the cognitive behavioral therapy space and I'm super, super passionate about the ability that we all have to really improve our days. And ultimately, when we take ownership of improving our days, we're really improving our whole life. So let's get stuck into today's episode. Welcome to episode 67. Today's podcast is a solo episode and I'm sharing with you a couple of my personal top tips when it comes to creating a space at home or spaces, I should say, in your house that make you feel truly at home. Now, it is not about having the perfect house. It is not about having uniform style or styling your home like someone else at all. And it's certainly not about having a new home. It's just about bringing your awareness to the power that really can come from having spaces in your home that you feel truly align with who you are and who you want to be. So I am not an interior designer. My best friend is though, and she's amazing. Um, I'm not an expert in the field at all, but I wanted to just offer these tips to you because if you're anything like me, maybe it'll be just one little thing that you hear that sparks a positive change in your home and that can have a positive change in your life as well. Now, a couple of months ago, I was listening to an Aubrey Marcus podcast, and I really enjoy the conversations that he has with his guests. And I cannot, for the life of me, recall who the guest was, but he was speaking with a gentleman, and the gentleman was saying how, and I'm paraphrasing here, but you'll get the point, but how personal it is when you're invited into someone's home, because Everything in their home, everything in their space has been selected by that person and it's reflecting part of them. And that really kind of hit me between the eyes and stuck with me because I believe that to be true. It's so personal what you bring into your home and we all like such different things that we can create unique spaces but we can also all be on the same page in terms of we want to create spaces that make us feel a certain way. And so I just wanted to share a couple of tips with you that, again, like I said, might make 
hopefully will make a positive difference to someone listening. So my first tip is to identify your own personal aesthetic. You may like to choose a few words that really encompass the style that you like. You know, these words could come straight to you. Immediately you could be thinking, yep, cozy or moody or light. Now, if you don't know what your words could be, that's okay. Just start to notice how you feel in different spaces. It could be reminiscing, remembering a favorite holiday and the way that you felt when you arrived at a certain resort. Or it could be walking into your favorite clothing store or a local cafe and just noticing the different components, but also the overall vibe. And if you could give a word to that vibe, what would that word be? Now, there's no wrong or right answer here. Just potentially popping down a few words on paper could be really helpful. So you might find, as I said, words like cozy could come up for you or light or like a jungle or like a rainforest or it could be eco could be a word for you or perhaps it's Bali you know you've walked into a space that feels like a Bali villa and that connects with you or maybe it's industrial spaces that you love whatever it is just start to get clear on what your own personal aesthetic could be based off what makes you feel good when you're surrounded by it again it could be words like beachy or coastal or could be country, it could be Hamptons, whatever it is. But just get out a few words and see what aligns with you the best. Once you have a few key words for your home, it's easier to decide what to bring in and what to leave out. Tip two is for each space to get really clear on what the intention is, but also what the function is of that area and then cross-check if the intention and the function align. For example, if the intention of a space is to create a conversation nook, but the functionality is that it's ended up just being the place that you dump your bags when you get home from a long day. You know, I have a space in my house that when I walk through the door, the school bags go down, my handbag goes down, my shoes go off. And so that's not going to be an area that I necessarily want to sit down in and have a really beautiful conversation. So just having a look, okay, if this space is meant to be my conversation area, but the functionality is that it's ended up being that dumping zone, then something needs to change. So just tweaking the space or the system could make a big difference. If the intention is, for example, to create that conversation area, then what are some elements that would make that more likely to happen? Such as having cozy seating that faces one another and a side table for a tea or coffee and some soft furnishings that make you want to reach out and touch the space and sit down. Not having chairs facing a TV is a good idea as well because in that instance automatically the tone is to sit and face away from another person. So just having a think about different areas of your home and how you can modify them slightly to make that intention align with the function. Another zone that this applies to could be your pantry or your kitchen. Say that your intention is that you want a place that inspires you to make nourishing choices or inspires you to cook more. How can you make that function easier? Is it having healthy choices displayed and available? 
Is it having cookbooks visible to inspire you to make those healthy meals? Is it having a written planner of the foods that you're going to eat that week? You could make some notes about each area of your home and it doesn't have to be super lengthy and it doesn't have to be all done at once. You can make it an activity like you can think, okay, I'm going to go into each room and write down some little notes or you can just do it as a mindful practice when you think of it. If you're in the laundry folding washing, you might just take a minute to notice. Does a cluttered bench bother you? You might be able to think of a simple storage system or system hack that helps. Just ask yourself in each space, how do I want to feel here? So once you have a few words as your North Star for your style and you have also identified how you want to feel, next up is making space in each space. Yeah. Tip number three is removing the clutter and the stuff that isn't bringing any value or doesn't spark joy, as I believe Marie Kondo calls it. Now, full disclosure here, I have not watched her documentary, but I do think that I understand the overall principle. And I certainly agree with the notion that if something doesn't bring you happiness or have a purpose, then it's potentially not needed. There's also a really well-known quote by William Morris that I love, and it says, have nothing in your houses that you do not know to be useful or believe to be beautiful. And I love that golden rule. We all have different ideas on what is beautiful and is appealing, which makes all spaces different. And whether or not something is useful is fairly universal. Whether something has an actual function is not debatable, but where you might get caught up is whether you use something enough. Like, does it have a use that you actually use often? I tend to think that if I haven't touched this thing or if I haven't used the functionality in more than six months, then it's really likely that I don't need it. It can be hard to let things go and I know that for some people it's a real challenge to do that. But keeping things in perspective does help and they are things after all, just things. I have a memory box for each of the boys and I do keep a certain amount of items that are sentimental, but I'm also pretty cutthroat as well. Like I've kept some of the outfits from when they were newborns, like the outfit that they came home from hospital in, which was five zeros and swimming on them. And when I do look at those outfits, I get that swell in my heart of going, oh my gosh, they're so big now. How did they ever fit into those teeny tiny little onesies? So I've kept those, but I haven't kept every single item. And I think it's important to reflect on how often you would actually reminisce using things and whether or not taking a photo of certain things could be just as powerful. When I'm making a decision on whether or not I want to keep something and put it in the boy's memory box, I try and think about the times as an adult that my parents have tried to give me keepsakes from my childhood. And again, everyone has a different level of attachment and different feelings about how sentimental they are. And perhaps I'm just not a sentimental person um, in some areas. But, you know, over the years when my parents have gone to give me things, I've thought to myself, wow, 
these things that they've held on to hold so much more value to my parents than they do to me. And so then I can only imagine that that could be the same thing with the boys. So that does help me to minimize the urge to hold on to every single item. I also love the thought of someone else getting joy from things that I've let go of. You know, when it comes to little outfits that the boys had or toys that they had, I just think, yes, that was a moment in time and I love dressing them in that, but I want someone else to have that joy as well. Gretchen Rubin, who I really, really admire, she's a great author. She also talks about how sometimes it's important to just acknowledge that we might be in the season of having stuff. So there is, of course, a big minimalism movement and I love that. But when you have kids, you also just have stuff. So I'm not saying that you need to get rid of everything that you have, but it's a good idea to declutter and let go of things that you no longer need because sometimes that physical clutter can end up feeling like mental clutter in a space as well. And you might not realize how much emotional attachment you have to things. And it also might just be a case of it can be blocking you from enjoying a space because you haven't dealt with certain things in that room. And to think about decluttering your whole home can be really overwhelming, but if you just do it one room at a time, and it can just start by noticing things. You don't have to go in at 100% at full throttle. You can just start by noticing and going, okay, my desk is pretty cluttered. Do I need this amount of, this, you know, this many things sat here on my desktop? Or, okay, I know that the linen cupboard has linen in there that I have definitely not touched in over six months. So do I need to hold on to it? Probably not. And it could be time to let it go and let it go to someone who needs it. You might have listened to my podcast where I talk about refining your mum's style and your uniform. If you haven't listened to that, jump over and have a listen because in that episode I talk about decluttering your wardrobe and a lot of those principles apply to every other room in your house as well. Now, my next tip is to pause before you purchase and to also mix investment pieces with more affordable items. Having your clear words will help you as well here because it's tempting to walk into Kmart and walk out with 35 like rose gold or copper items. But if you pause and ask yourself, okay, is this a short-term trend Or does this really align with my words and my home vision? It will help you to make a decision on whether or not you purchase those items. You might also like to ask yourself, will this likely be clutter in six months? And will this just likely end up in landfill? Bringing things into the home that you love and feel certain of their value doesn't mean that they have to be expensive. It just means that you feel the quality is worth the price. But that price that I'm talking about isn't just the monetary exchange. The price can be the clutter factor too, as well as the function and joy factor. Now, when it comes to taking a pause, you may also find that some companies and stores are willing to let you take something home to trial it in the space, which I think is genius. Some stores might let you take it home for a certain period or just a refund or whatever it is, but this allows you to really work out if the investment is worth it for you. 
I did this a couple of months ago with a rug and some floor cushions that I have in my home. I brought them home and they were expensive. And so I wanted to sit on the decision and just literally, (laughs) floor cushions, literally sit on the decision um, and just make sure that I felt good about the investment. And I really, really did. So asking stores, what is your policy here? Can I take this home, trial it in the space, put it in the space, just wake up to it, see how I like it, see if I think that it's worth it. Um, That can just be a way of having that little bit of a safety net as well. Another thing that I spoke about when it comes to your wardrobe is the cost per wear mentality. And you can certainly apply this to homewares as well, or anytime you're making an investment for your home. It can translate to how much will you use that item and how much will you enjoy it. An example of this is, you know, if you are weighing up the options between a sofa that is not super comfortable but is more budget friendly versus one that is really comfortable but might be a bit more of a stretch or you might take a little longer to save up for it, ask yourself, every time I sit in this chair, will sitting down and being uncomfortable drive me slowly insane? Will I be frustrated that I didn't wait until I could afford the more comfortable version? Also, ask yourself, if I do wait and I do get the slightly more, perhaps expensive in this instance, couch, what is the likelihood that it will last longer, that it will have more longevity and that I'll use it and every time I use it, it will be so enjoyable and it will align with my words for the home and I'll smile. Like every time I sit down into it and I sink into it, it will make me feel the way that I want to feel in my home. So that will help you as well when it comes to knowing what pieces to invest in. It's the same when it comes to your linen and your mattress. These are things that can be really expensive and I'm not saying they have to be they have to be expensive, but often the higher quality ones will be a higher price point, but you spend half of your life if you're lucky asleep and in bed. And so it's such a great investment if you can hop onto your mattress every night, slip into your bed and go, oh, this is worth it. So just keep that in mind. And when it comes to having your investment pieces, don't be afraid to mix them with more affordable items as well. And that's when it comes to also identifying trends. If there's a hot trend and you want to bring a little bit of that into your home, You won't necessarily want to go out and invest in furniture that's really, really expensive if you feel that it's just a fleeting trend. Next up, I've spoken a lot about the feel of certain spaces and there are just a few other elements that I quickly wanted to touch on and the first is scent. I am such a smells person. I feel like it changes me for as long as I can recall. The way a space smells has been important to me. As a teenager, I can remember bothering my mom and asking for diffuser reeds for my bedroom. And I still love the same scent too that I loved back then. And it takes me back sometimes. I'm sure that you've experienced this as well. A certain scent, a certain smell triggers a memory and a feeling. And it's not just a gut feeling that I have. It's proven that scent can improve your mood and also act as a way to activate memory or anchor a certain thought. 
a sensory psychologist at the Monell Chemical Census Center, that's a mouthful, um, named Pamela Dalton says, you can also use your sense of smell to deliver instant relaxation. Pick a distinctive odor, then pair that aroma with a calming meditation session. And after a few sessions, the odor itself will elicit a relaxed state, even when you don't have time to meditate. So choosing a scent that makes you feel calm and having that as your home base scent or perhaps having a variety of smells for different areas of the home is really smart. I feel like it's a really simple hack. You know, if you think about the fact that if you pair a scent with a relaxing activity and then you're having that smell around you all the time, it is a bit of a system hack because it's going to make you feel more relaxed. So personally, I love a really sweet, really feminine scent that has rose tones. And I think that I'm drawn to that and I find it so grounding because I can easily, very easily, as most mums can, slip into a very much masculine way of operating and just doing non-stop and coming from that place of go, go, go doing. Whereas when I have a feminine sense surrounding me, it kind of drops me back in to my true essence and it makes me feel a bit more grounded. So I love to have a really soft feminine oil diffusing. I love candles as well, but I tend to have oil diffusing more lately because I can be a bit useless with blowing out candles, which is a bit scary. I have the Aroma Snooze unit, which is a vaporizer. And honestly, I need to buy at least two more because I'm forever transporting it up and down stairs. So my hot tip is to get at least two or three, um, but maybe just starting with one if you're a beginner. But I like my Aroma Snooze because it's functional and it's inoffensive to look at. It blends in really well with my other home decor items. It's quite pretty to look at. I have the plain white unit and most guests when they come over, they'll ask if it's some sort of voice or Alexa device. You just pop a few drops of your favorite oil into some water and plug it in. And I'm not an oil expert, but from what I understand, it is important to use 100% pure essential oils, not synthetic fragrant oils as they don't have any health or well-being benefits. And for some people who are sensitive, they may cause an allergic reaction. So I use the Aroma Snooze to diffuse a scent throughout the whole home through the day. And then overnight, I take it up and I pop it into the boys' bedroom and I use the Aroma Snooze Vaporizer Blend for them overnight, which I do highly recommend for helping with sleep. Um, It's just a really relaxing scent. I pop a few drops of this blend also on a cloth as well when I'm doing the sheets, when I'm washing the bedding. And when it goes into the dryer, I pop that little cloth with some of the Aroma Snooze blend in and it makes your linen smell so, so good. And when you slip between the sheets at night, it's super relaxing. Both of the boys love the Aroma Snooze device as well because it has a colored light function. So if you want to check that out, their website is snottynoses.com.au. So snotty, S-N-O-T-T-Y, noses, N-O-S-E-S.com.au. 
AU and you can use my discount code which is Kylie all in capitals and that will give you 15% off store wide if you do want to try one of those diffusers. A few things to keep in mind as well when it comes to choosing an oil for each space could be that peppermint oil is generally invigorating and peppermint scent can increase activity in the brain. So that could be good first thing in the morning or in your office space. Jasmine can be considered as a sleep aid and research has shown that the scent of jasmine in your bedroom can lead to a more restful night of sleep and also a greater level of alertness throughout the next day. Lavender is also generally considered to be relaxing and exposure to lavender scent can decrease the heart rate as well. So that is great for unwinding at bedtime too. Now the next little element I wanted to touch on is greenery. Many studies point out the proximity of plants can especially improve one's mood, concentration and even memory retention since the sight and the presence of natural elements reduce stress. So bringing some greenery into the home is a great idea because plants produce oxygen, clear out toxins. As I mentioned, they can reduce stress. It's also thought that they can help to balance your energy as well. When you are bringing things into your home, you might like to think of textures as well. A variety of textures can really change a space like the rich texture of a shaggy rug, soft dressings or furnishings, or a textured bench or a tile or a wall. Anything that can make you want to reach out and feel a space can be super grounding. I personally love the feel of real wooden floors underfoot, and I also love the concrete floors that we have in this home. A mix of textures is important in making a space feel special, and that's unique to what you're drawn to. You might love the mix of a metal with wood or a rendered wall with a shaggy pendant light. It doesn't have to be any particular pairing, but just bringing in a variety of textures can really add interest to a space. Now, light. Lighting is important for mood as well. A 2014 study found that more intense light had a direct link to intensifying emotions. And that means that the more intense the light was, the more intense your negative or positive emotions could be as well. But considering that not all of us walk around 24-7 beaming, we don't want to amplify any negative emotions or ambivalent emotions that we might be experiencing. So not having overly bright lighting could be a good idea. You might be lucky enough to have dimmers in your home and you can modify and tweak the lighting to suit your own personal feelings or you might like to just play around by adding a floor lamp or some soft lighting. Have a play with different styles of lighting. You might find that a more yellowy or orangey tone of light produces a feeling of warmth and softness. Natural lighting is important as well throughout the day, so don't forget to open the blinds first thing of a morning as well. 
Last but not least, the colors that you choose to bring in can have an impact too as well. The concept of color psychology has become a bit of a hot topic in marketing and art and design and other areas, but often your feelings about color are deeply personal and they're rooted in your own experience or culture. A few things that we found might be helpful to consider with color are that warmer shades of yellow and orange can inspire relaxation and boost creativity. Now, this doesn't mean that you need to go and paint a wall yellow. It could just mean when you're looking at furnishing that you go for a more yellow timber or more yellow wood tone or softer furnishings that have that kind of more orangey warmth tone to them. Blue and green can evoke a sense of calmness as well. And we found out that red is usually the bad guy of home decor because although it can be a high energy color when it's used in small doses, it can appear hostile and increase anxiety when it's the overarching color of a room. So they are just a couple of things to consider. Ultimately, I think it's nice that if you try and think about the home you live in, and like I said, it's not about having a new home or the perfect home, but if you can think about it as an extension in a way of the ability to be creative and create a physical representation of how you want to feel because we can assimilate to our environment pretty easily. So just by removing some clutter, bringing in items that you love and having a couple of key words, you might find that it positively impacts how you feel in your home, which can only be a good thing. I hope that you've enjoyed this short, sharp podcast. As always, I appreciate it greatly if you take a screenshot and pop it on your own Instagram stories. I'll talk with you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.